Warning, this podcast must be listened to while drinking coffee or beer. Do not drive and drink coffee or beer. Do not smoke and drink coffee or beer. And do not have sex while driving and smoking and drinking coffee or beer. You're listening to the Coffee or Beer Podcast, brought to you on behalf of Hope. My guest today is Andy Allen from Backstreet Merch. Hello, sir. Hey. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for traveling in all this way from... Uh, <laughs> it, was from a big effort, yeah. <laughs> it was a big effort. I need a little bit of a rest. I got my green tea. Give me a bit of energy, so I'm all good. You've got the green tea, so you're kind of already breaking the rules. Right. But yeah. actually, the rules are kind of already breaking today. These are like seismic shifts in the show, and I'll tell you why. First of all, me and Andy share the office here. But today's episode is... We're office buddies. We're office buddies. We're office buddies. <laughs> We're like uh, friends from that show. What's that show called? The Office, yeah. yeah. Um, never seen it, though. I've never seen it, either. No, no. I've seen the first episode. I used to live that. next door to Mackenzie Crook. Oh, yeah? Yeah, no, seriously. I didn't know who he was. So we moved in, and uh, this was about five years ago. So we moved, we moved in. I'd met, uh, and I just coincidentally sort of like bumped into the neighbour, and I said to my missus, I said, um, my missus, my wife, Cassandra, um, I said, oh, yeah, so I got talking to the neighbour. I said, he's a really lovely bloke. Um, he said that we should come in and have a drink with the guy. So I said, all right. So I said, cool, we'll go. And I said, and, uh, and she said, oh, you know, just out of interest, she said, what, what was his name? So I said, oh, it was Mackenzie. And she went, she didn't say anything. And then she pulled me over to the computer and went, is that him? And I, went, <laughs> I went, yeah, that's him. Right, where to begin here? Um, yeah, the reason it's a, bit, it's a bit bittersweet today is because this, by the time this comes out, we will have moved offices. Um, we will no longer be office buddies. Um, we're, we're, off, we're off to, when this airs, Hold Tight's going to be in Greenwich. And where are you guys going to be? Uh, we're going to Shoreditch. So you're, you're Sorry, leaving everybody. Camden as well, yeah, so, so we're going no more Greenland Street, no more Grand Camden Old Town. Street. No more Camden Town, no. Been here a long, long time. How long has it been here? Over t- We've been here 12 years. 12 years, um, yeah. But I've done a lot of, I used to do a lot of club promotion, and I um, promoted the Underworld. Uh, did all the clubs there from... A long time ago. <laughs> uh, I think it was about 80, no, 93, from 1993 for about 20-odd years, 22 years, 23 years. Wow. So we were doing the Friday nights, then there's Saturday nights, occasional, well, we were doing certain Thursdays. My partner was doing the, uh, was doing the Thursday um, and also a Monday as well. So we were doing all the club nights, not the band nights, but the club mm. nights. Well, you must have seen some, seen some things. Seen some, yep. Yeah. We need to cheers to this. Uh, yeah. We're not drinking beer, folks. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's all about the coffee and the tea today. It's I'm coffee not... or tea. Yeah, well, cheers. Cheers, sir. For me, it took a long time, longer than it should have done, really, to get into my head the idea that people buy things and people like buying things. Mm-hmm. Every single second of the day on the planet, millions of exchanges are happening, whether that's a physical product or a service. But basically what's ticking the world over is the transaction of sales. Yep. So people do buy things every day. That means they, they are not adverse to buying your band's t-shirts, hoodies, and stuff like that. That's what I mean by it took me a long time to kind of get that, that it was okay to ask people to buy something from you, and it was fine to put it online, and it was fine to put your price at whatever you needed it to be or what have you. That was another important thing that we're slowly getting used to now, but I think is really taking its time in rock and other, other places like that. Today, if you go online, and you set up an online store, you can go to a, to a company and they will 
you don't have to basically buy the buy the um, the clothes and things in advance. You can just yeah. put your designs on them. Yeah, put them right, up there. like Cafe Press and Spreadshirt. And yes, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Printful and some others. Printful. Yeah. That's what you mean by you can test mm-hmm. and see what's working, right? Because you're yeah. not f- fronting the cost of buying the item. Yep. So how important is testing? I mean, you know, I know you said earlier on it's very important, but do you also think that bands should also experiment with different kinds of merch? So you know, get creative, it's not just... That's a really good question, and I think it's really difficult because... Not one size fits all. And, it's, and also, I'm still of the opinion that I think fans want to be given something that the band feels strongly about. And it's not with all artists, but uh, I think the majority of artists, I think there are elements there. And we've, because we, I had this, again, this is like, talking about quite a, lot, quite a while ago, where it was just like, I had the thought process in my head about exactly what you're alluding to there. It's like, well, go to the fans and then just put the thing on social media and go, oh, I've got these three designs, we don't know which ones to go with. Like, yeah, and of us. course that'll work in certain areas, do you know what I mean? And, so, and could work there. But I think a lot of times fans are like looking at what you're creating, you know, it's like, I don't, when we, when we deal with artists, I like to know what the artist sounds like, right? Yeah. I want to know about them, I want to delve into them, where they come from, the, why they got together, how they got together, the people around it, whether or not their mums and dads were involved in the industry, whatever it is. That's so we get a bit of a feel about where we're at. Do we, I mean, hopefully we do a better job because of it, and, you know, uh, but... but I think that comes from a fan's perspective as well. Mm. So when you're then offering it out like some companies do, um, I can't remember what company it was that that did this where, um, and there are companies out there obviously now that do it, about the fact that you can then redesign the design. Mm. (laughs) I find it a little bit... I'm questioning who that applies to. Right. Now, I get it where it's a superstar artist and uh, the, we go through those levels of fandoms, yep. and the majority of them are in the mid to, to the third level, and yep. not in the uber fan, in comparison, right? So I get it there where maybe it's not so important, but if I was, you know, if I was a fan of Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes, I think I'd want to have a great design shirt that's, that I can see, and yes. I can have not where I can change the colour of the shirt or maybe change the colour of the print or I can alter it in some way or I can decide whether or not how big to have that design on there and do I want it on the sleeve or the... Too much choice. I think, well, I think as well, it's just, it then just deviates from the art. The artwork is such an important component. Mm. So it's then kind of like devaluing that in a certain way. It's yeah. like, it's like, I mean, someone might turn around and just say you're talking absolute bollocks, but for me, I think it, it should be where... We go in, or, or the client, the 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 artist, or the fan, uh, the artist comes in, puts that in place, and says, "Right, this is part of my music and part of the the an extension of that music of what it's representing at that moment in time." Yeah. That's what it should be. Yeah, hundred percent. Right? And Frank's so. an, a, a tattoo artist, so really, it would be better just for him to have designed something from himself, from his own head, put it in on like a floral shirt and like one of those floral designs, like he wears himself mm-hmm. as part of his own brand. Yeah, decision made, and that's done. That's yeah, the, the piece there. Yeah, so it's um, I find that a little bit, you know, questionable about about having that that, yeah, that array of stuff. But that's not going to stop you from going on setting up a Shopify store mm-hmm. and then using uh, there's Printful and there's uh, I can't remember the other. There's a load of them out there that you could just tag into there, mm. and then you just have those designs on to actually sort of see if they sell or not. Go and see. Absolutely nothing to do. I mean, I. I, I, I 
I'd highly recommend sort of do, uh, doing it. I mean, we, and it, because you actually don't know what's going to sell well. You know, we could all sit in a room and we get it wrong all the time, right? Where we sit in a room, we might have 10 designs and we go, and we're going to go out on tour with 10 designs or right? five designs. And we're all sitting there and we yeah. all put our money on, on yeah. number one, right? <laughs> and that's the one that, yeah, absolutely. And it always, <laughs> not always, it happens on a regular basis. So there's no knowing what goes on. So again, this is like, it is good to sort of put, put stuff out and get a bit of a feel. Yeah, I feel that's, that's actually really encouraging to know because it's hard within a band of five. It was hard in four, it's almost impossible in five because everyone thinks about would they wear it. Mm-hmm. It's their personal opinion, isn't it? It's their own personal tastes. And that's so difficult to actually sort of do because you kind of yeah. got to remove yourself from that. 100%. You know, yeah. I'm a lot older, as you probably gathered on there. I'm still wear... uh, wearing hoodies and stuff. You still yeah, 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 but I don't, I don't wear band shirts anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like a rare, rare, well, I, I, I don't, but it doesn't, you can't put your head around into what I do. Or even if you're taking a straw poll of two or three people. Mm. That's, you know, I've learned a while ago, you just can't make those decisions. You just yeah. got to get out and, uh, and, and actually take it beyond, beyond that and maybe remove the decision from the band in, in a certain way. Yeah. But that's like, I know that's a bit, that's a bit daunting because it's just like, oh, you know, sure. like look at it from a different, uh, you know, a, a different perspective because you are the band and you are the ones who are quite sensitive about stuff. And you are like, as in, I, know, I mean, in the way of like, you, you live and breathe it. So, you know, most of the time it'll be all right, but many, many other times you won't get what your fans want sometimes. Do you know what I mean? I mean, and we have it all the time. I said, we have it all the time. All the time. And you can't, this is really important to you, you can't actually always ask the fans because it's like uh, Henry Ford said, he said, if I asked my, um, my customers what they wanted, they would have said faster horses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. They don't even know the answer either. Absolutely, you can't yeah. like, yeah. just, oh man, it's a hard one. I want to jump in with this actually because mm-hmm. I found this really interesting. This is a quote from you mm-hmm. in 2016 from Great Escape. Jeez, man, that's yeah. going to be something I'm going to regret. I don't think so, man. I don't think Go so. On. It's going to be interesting. So, this is a quote from Andy from the 2016 Great Escape Festival. You said that merch is still in its embryonic stage and it's not, and the industry is not focused enough on it at the moment, but e commerce is changing all of that. Yeah. So, here we are, four years later. What's changed about that? Oof. Do you still feel the same way? Yeah. So merch is still, still in its embryonic stage? Still totally. Well, it's not, it, it is still in its embryonic stage, I think. I don't think we've seen it. And we're probably, if we're measuring that from one to 100, probably at that stage in 2016, we, I felt we were on seven or eight. Um, and I think now we're probably on about, I don't know, 22, 23 maybe up to 30. Mm-hmm. I just think okay. that the, no matter what happens, it depends on certain artists are really focused in on merch and other artists aren't. And I understand the reasons why some are and some aren't. Why, so, would, why would some not be? Because it's not a main driving um, uh, income stream for them. Are we talking like major, major artists? Like no, some... no, not at all. I, don't, I, I, I mean, like even just in general, there's like certain artists. So, it, and, and I don't want to get sort of too cliched about it, but when you're looking at someone who's like more sort of singer songwritery, more some in a more indie sector, maybe, so either a pop or an indie sector, you generally sort of find that the their driving income stream is getting streams, um, getting publishing, getting sync licensing in sure. place. Um, that's that, that's sort of that at a smaller smaller stage because they're not going to be making money on the road, mm-hmm. particularly, and they just don't sell a lot of merch. So people might like them in the same way that they like um, any other band, but 
they go there and they appreciate the music and they might stream it or they might buy a CD or they might buy a bit of vinyl and they might buy some merch. But in general, that isn't really what people do around those kind of genres. Um, so I'm not saying with everyone, so because everything, every art, every genre has got a slightly different, um, a different set of artists that that, that that do change that 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 sort of cliche. But when you're looking at a more rock orientated uh, artist, right from the get go that's really important to them because they know they can sell merch. They know they go to a gig on day one and they're playing in front of 20 people and they might sell two shirts. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And they know that's... So already it's in their DNA, you know. Um, uh, it was really quite sort of, you know, apparent to me when we were dealing with the likes of, like, sort of AFI in the early days and stuff and um, we were dealing with, um, you know, a load of those ilk of artists is that they... We were dealing with the bands themselves on the merchandise front, like as in not just design-wise. We're talking about what what range of shirt they wanted on. We were also dealing with the, uh, 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 with those guys that they would come in to the office after a tour, and they would be paying me the cash for the merch. Wow! No manager involved, no other rep involved. It was just <laughs> like that. That that was it because they understood they've been. The difference between I think like American and, and and every other band that I've that I've encountered is that those artists have had to really play a lot out there over the years in order to just get above the surface of being noticed. Sure. And the only way they've been able to survive a lot of them is to buy merch. Selling merch. Yeah. Right. You know, getting you know, obviously economising on a load of other stuff, but but building up that side of it. So when they're doing that, they've already got that business going before any other real interest, before a management comes on board or a label or everything like that. You look at UK and Europe, you know, mainly UK from our perspective, that you do have a lot of artists that before they've done all their apprenticeship and everything like that, particularly not in every case, but in a lot, they've already kind of got some representation mm -hmm. who then take on board that side of it. Yes. Whereas those artists, those American artists, they've already got this conveyor belt working for them. Yeah. So they don't, which is totally understandably, it's an income stream, a valuable income stream. They don't want to give up that income stream mm. to somebody else and then lose a percentage of it. Totally get it. Yeah, 100%. Because yeah. um, it's such a massive um, amount of money for them, it's such a considerable yeah. amount that they have to factor in the cost of giving away percentages. Yeah, absolutely. Which means that they might have to increase the prices. Yep. So it's, and, and but they're quite practical when we've dealt with those guys on what they do. So they look for a reasonably designed shirt in terms of like color wise, so it's not too over the top. They make sure they don't go for a, a shirt that's going to cost too much, but it's still a decent valued mm. item. So they then can sell that item at a reasonable level. Right. You know, and, and make a profit. Yes. And the whole communication level goes back to the fan to then understand they need to make money. This is how it's to done. to keep going. There's, I think, I'd say 95, I mean, if you're talking about, like, so again, on, the, on, on, on most, of the, most of the genres, um, most fans get it. 95 to 99% of them probably get it. The yeah. other one or two, yeah. you know. Ignorance is no excuse these days. There's enough information out there. People are being very honest and transparent with the information about how it's actually done. Yeah. Well, I think where the misinterpretation comes or the, um, the um, dissatisfaction from people is that once an artist gets to a certain level um, and then the parameters kind of change where you've either got a merchandise company involved, maybe people like me. Backstreet. So, um, you know, uh, so apologies. 
um, that there are other costs that come in, come into play. So it isn't just us, but it's like you know we need to get a cut. Um, the um, uh, the venues generally have it where they are at a certain level. Concession companies in, involved. Concession companies are charging a percentage of the sales. So. As a, for instance, you've got, you know, a concession company generally is 25% of the gross, which works out to be about 30% of the net income. So you're talking about 30% of what the sale is of an item is gone to the people that are selling on the night. Now, you can argue whether or not you think that's a fair rate or not a fair rate. Do you think it's a fair rate? No. Okay. So... Think it should be less. Yeah, I definitely think it should be less, but I understand why it's there. Mm. So it's an established part of yet another income stream that's been seized by a, another company you're working within. There could be argued, you know, can be argued that we take too much. It could be argued, you know. So it's a real, it's a difficult area. It's, it's sat there now. You have a, uh, a company that sells on your behalf at the venue because they've paid the venue or whoever owns that, that area. The, to have the privilege of being able to sell any merchandise that comes through that that area, kind of seems a bit crazy when you start just talking about it in that vein. Mm. The fact is, it's money, mm. you know, yeah. and so there is money to be made from it, and therefore that's where it comes from. But do they sell? Do they sell lots of merch? Do they do a good job? Yes, yeah, some of them do an amazing job. I mean, you know, I, I, uh, we've done um, a recent uh, tour. Uh, which turned over a colossal amount of money and played a lot of high-profile sort of uh, um, uh, uh, areas. And on all, well, maybe bar one, uh, two actually, sorry. Um, <laughs> but um, on the majority of them, they're all really well organised and well equipped to take care of the crowds of when there is um, when there is a large volume of sales going on. So yeah, you know they can uh, handle that stress. They can they can keep on top of it. Yeah, provide it good service. So you know, I mean, and I'm talking about in the sense of this. This I don't, don't really want to mention the artist or client, if that's okay. But it's like um, we were playing at the Ziggur Dome in uh, in, uh, in Amsterdam, and um, you are you know you're talking about seven thousand cap. You're talking about um, uh, three merch stores having between hundred and two hundred kids at any one point trying to sort of like get merchandise. They yeah. had to delay the, the show because of it. Wow. You know, I mean, yeah. and these guys were organised. Like, they were really organised on there. And you're thinking, could anyone else have organised it as well? They're talking about people that are local, people are familiar with the whole mm-hmm. setup. you know, that sort of stuff. It's more than going back to, okay, so what's their value? And is their value that 25% of the, um, of, uh, of the gross? You know, I, I would argue, I think 15% would probably be a... A bit, a bit. Other people would say ten, <laughs> because there's, then there's your fee on top of that, right? Yeah, there is our there is an, there is our fee at the end. What generally happens is, is that you'll you'll go out on tour and you'll work out all the costings there, and you will then just work out what your income is and work and, and then come to an agreement. Generally, not always, but generally on some sort of profit split. That's kind of right. how the gist of how it works. Now there are various different deals. There's a, we all work in an industry where there isn't one size fits all. So sure. it could be where, and, and often, uh, often is the case with certain artists that, um, that they'll just do a, a royalty deal. So they just get paid um, 20%, 30%, 40% of the, uh, of the, net, you know, the net sale. Um, no matter whether or not you sell one or you sell 5,000 of them. Okay. So, the majority, so then all the financial risk is on the merchandiser. 
Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> that's, you know, that's the, yeah, and, and, and there's loads of different parameters within there. I've heard things that, and I've not been privy to, but some of the larger, larger rock bands do it where it's 100% of the profit goes to them. Wow. And then the merchandise company takes a cut of, uh, takes a, an administration fee. Flat fee? Uh, not a flat fee, but maybe that might be the case on there. From what I understood, it would be, be a fee like if it's turned over 10 million, they might take 5% or 3% or wh- wh- whatever it may be. I suppose that's the point, isn't it? By that stage, losing or having you know, 25% of the cut and 15% of the cut here, here and here, when you're talking in numbers like that size, I mean, you're making enough to, what you're still making is, is, is enough, is a lot. Yeah, um, I think that's a really, all around, all I think it's a really interesting yeah. question, excuse me. I think that's, sorry No problems, we're, we're, we're tea-filling. We are. Um, I think that's a really interesting question because I don't think it's just down to making enough. I think there's a relevance there as to how well you run your operation, right? So if you've got an artist, um, if we're talking about, you know, it's doing the due diligence within, and that's at the time where it comes to either management or the merchandise company or the combination of the both sort of working on there's like how well do you, how well do you run it so it's going to maximise its potential in terms of financial finances in the right way. But I mean in terms of like looking at um, whether or not You've got a set of credit card machines, whether or not those are actually sort of like giving you better percentages than another than another, another sort of payment provider. Yeah, I mean, small little things like that that could yeah. make a difference over a, a million quid of like you know, 10 grand, 15 grand. Yeah. Maybe. Do you know what I mean? Don't think about it at the time, but... Well, you don't. That's, that's going to pay for someone's wages during the, yeah, during the time. I mean, those, those, those sort of elements, that's, that's just being... That's, do it, that's just operating your business correctly. Yeah. Um, Absolutely crazy. Lots, lots, lots to consider. I mean, what are some of the size of the bands that you work with at the moment? And how many do you work with at Backstreet? Well, we've, we've worked with quite a few, but we've become more of a back-end operation. Um, so we've got various licences that we work with, so we do the Kinks and we do... Scrooby's Pip, and um, there's a there's a there's a whole bunch of others that were that were out there working with like Shame, and we do Bambara, and um, we're at the likes of Bury Tomorrow, and um, but what we also do is we run a uh, set of other services for other merchandise companies. Right. What's that mean exactly? So. And, and predominantly, that's where we run web stores for uh, a lot of other a lot of other clients. Cool. <clears throat> so, um, and we we work with two particular companies in particular that, that deal with some higher end, you know, some some high volume clients. Uh, one of the companies being Global Merchandising Services, and another company called Live Nation Merchandising. <clears throat> so we will effectively run the um, run or assist or help fulfil with web stores that they have with their UK and European operations. Right. So that's literally um, is that doing designs as well? So, it can be, but most of the time they already have the designs done. Is it sourcing them? Um... Yeah, most of the time they do, but it does it do, it does vary. And sometimes we might be asked to produce goods, and sometimes we might like, we might put some designs forward that are accepted, and other times we just get finished up, turn up, and, and then we have to process that and and put them into the store and run the store and run customer services uh, 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 th- for them, and also. 
be part of their um, marketing um, uh, sort of strategy. Right. So you're including some. You do some of their marketing tasks as well. Yeah, for the merchandise. For the merchandise. Yeah, perspective. Does that so, mean? Does that mean running ads on? Promoting deals and that kind of thing from? Uh, yeah, it means like social media ad, uh, advertising. So in Facebook, like Instagram, et cetera, et cetera. And trying to sort of build up some sort of campaign that will encourage people. And to is, go and buy. is it very hard to get the, um, the margins on that kind of thing right? Because you have, to, you have to take into account how much you're spending to advertise the product mm-hmm. and then make the ret- and still make a return on a, on a profit. Is, that, does it, is it hard to get to that stage? Um, I wouldn't say it's particularly hard because it's, uh, and any band can do it. And anyone can do it. Again, it's and just, should do it, right? Yeah, absolutely, it should do it. But it's, again, it's how you do it, in what way you do it. So to answer your, fir- your first question is about is that you don't need to invest a lot to actually see whether it's working or not. Certainly right. initially now. So that's always an ad- you know I mean it's a great advantage to sort of have. You can start testing certain markets whether or not it's just geolocating the uh, the ads whether or not it's actually you go in directly if you've got direct access into the Facebook page to then um, or you know or, or Instagram to be able to hit those fans directly or you can have the tech in place or I say tech in place you can have the facility in place where um, on web stores if somebody hasn't completed a purchase then um, then you can see whether or not you can hit those guys up on a, 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 a marketing level so you can start there's certain areas or you can have lookalikes i.e. this this person like this band so maybe they might like that band yeah. well, we know that can be a little bit you know your it's, yeah it's a bit there's blurry lines in there is with that now. just on the point of like I'm sure you're the same with me when you've grown up listening to music you don't mm. like someone telling you what to do yeah you, what to oh, you're, if you like this one if you, you know if you like Motorhead you're bound to like Led Zeppelin mm. not always going to be the case do you know what I mean there might no. be some correlation there you might think well actually you know, whatever. There's, there's, there are, there's a, there's a line. Like you said, there's, there's a blurriness to that. Um, but we run those sort of campaigns for, uh, for clients, and we see what things work. And if they, we get, if we get some movement on it without spending um, a an insurmountable amount of money in there, uh, without spending, uh, then we can then start making progress on. Because you can there. say this is what's working, this is what hasn't, and we could try this more because it is yeah. proven to work. Do they give you a set amount to test with? Well. Kind of. We, have, we, we set a budget, but we never get to that budget unless it's really successful. Oh, okay. So we might say, right, there's a £1,000 budget in, 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 in play, but we might have got to, I don't know, 100, 150 quid. We'll know by then whether or not this is going to win or not. You know, we say, right, if it's not working on that path, we just stop it, we cut it, you know. And also, you can see in different genres of music what ones are going to be more, uh, mm. going to be better. And then we've got like a kind of a template and where we kind of know what should go on through a campaign, provided we know what the activity is going to be for a, for a client. Right. And sometimes we can create that activity because we can keep that momentum going. Through the advertising? Through the advertising. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, through the advertising. But then where you've got to be really careful about it is instead of, you, you don't want to just sell something to someone all the time. Right. I it gets hate annoying. That. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. it's awful. So, you, you know. so you're also involved in... In the in between the uh, the asking for the sales stuff, like also just providing content, well, or just managing around the content that they're already. It's doing. managing around that, but it's mm. it's also um, we we're wanting to get more instrumental in that area, um, and that's taking time. Mm. So in some things, yeah, and other things, no. So and that that takes time to have a proper planned strategy because the idea that I've got that is that we run a merch t- merch company and that's all great and we can get. 
I want us to get great designs, and I think we, we've got some great people working for us, but we're sometimes limited by that um, in terms of time, in terms of focus by, by clients, um, because as mentioned before, some aren't as interested on the design aspect of it or the whole merchandise process, and therefore we don't have the time and don't have the, uh, uh, the opportunity to be able to develop that. So I want to get that in place, but then moving on to what we were just talking about, which is the web store side of things, is that I think we do a pretty good job on the web store front. I'm never satisfied with anything, as most people in the office will tell you. Um, so <laughs> I really want us to keep on sort of moving on. There's loads of ideas we keep generating. But really, it's like, how do you get someone to come to the store and buy something of value? And it's got to be a value. There's got to be an integrity there. There's got to be something there where it's not just about all the time, just a logo on a shirt or a beanie or a tote bag or whatever. It's like... Of course, people want that, you know, but there's so much other stuff out there that if you can get into the personality of the artist and you can actually get there, whether or not they, um, that they're a mad collector of, uh, of motorbikes or they are uh, massively into snowboarding or they do fine art themselves, they, do, they create their own art. Yes, you know, they might be able to tie that in. Absolutely, and we, yeah, do it with, right. we do it with clients. When we can get into grips with that, then we can do that with, uh, with, with clients. And then, and then it then engages you further with the fan to purchase something. It's not, again, I'm in here, I make money. I'm in here doing business. I didn't get into this business consciously. Oh, I'm going to make loads of money. It just fell into me because I love doing what I'm doing, which is music. So if you keep in that focus, what comes over is that you'll get ideas generating that are actually relative to the fan base who do want something. Because yes. I'm still that 14-year-old kid yes. that bought that Susie in the Banshee shirt or whatever, or whatever yeah. it was that just could walk down the street, you know, declaring my, my allegiance yes. to that, that artist. Part of that yeah. cult, that team. Absolutely, you know, and just like, and then you're seeing someone from a distance who've got some other shirt that, that, of a genre that you respect or whatever. And then that might end up striking a conversation, do you know what I mean? And yeah. that might be where there's a recognition there. Now, I grew up in London, so I was pretty fortunate. There's a lot of, there's a lot of people around that were doing that sort of thing. But if you're in, you know, Peterborough or you're in... nowhere. Yeah, you know, it's like, not that Peterborough is a bad place, don't get me wrong. I've only been driven through it once, so I apologise for it. I don't want to cause offence. But what I mean is, is that when there's like, there's a limited audience of people that are around there, it's great that you can have that. Yes. And that's what really gets... I, I keep saying this to everyone out here all the time, in the office. We've got a warehouse that we go to uh, the, uh, in Warwick, that, uh, uh, which is distributing most of, the, most of the gear. When I go up and I talk to them and I want people... I want to know what they listen to. You know, most of the people we've got working for us all love music, right? And I want to know... I want them to realise this is what drives you. This is what... It's not just a matter of, oh, this is what pays your wages and everything like that. It's not to do that. Well, it is, but it's like... What it is to do with is that having it where someone can, like, you know, like where, where someone cares enough to have actually purchased an item because it means so much. And it doesn't matter whether it's Little Mix or Harry Styles or whether or not it's Mastodon or, do you know what I mean, or, or Motorhead, because, like, you know, you could argue the integrity levels between both of those. For me, it's all one and the same. Mm-hmm. It's someone, you know, to... to Take a, 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 a Blondie lyric, um, which is the song Picture This. There's a line in there that says, a small remembrance of something more solid, right? Right. And for me, that's what really resonated with me, where I was just like, that's it. That's what it's about. Of course it is. It's like, you know, it's just like being part of that community and showing it. Anyway, the reason why I've gone on this long-winded sort of diatribe about stuff that's is great. that 
it's more comes comes right back to where the original question you asked about the Great Escape comment mm. comes back into the fact of that we haven't tapped into that completely. We still haven't done it. Loads yeah. of other merchandise companies, no one's done it. They're still just, just below the surface, just titivating around in the top of the top and of the pile. You look at most of the designs that you get from from artists, you know, not from artists that, that end up becoming that that uh, that that range. Most of them, I think, are just like they're like a billboard. Yeah. So it's really, it's really, it's going to get more bespoke, isn't it? It's kind of everything's going to get a lot more narrow. It's got to, it's it's got to go in there because the more artists that are out there, the more people are trying to do their own fashion ranges and stuff like that. And I love all that. Do you know what I mean? It's just like they're not all going to work, but I love the fact that people are out there trying. We've done a really good project uh, that I think has gone really successful with Black Honey at the moment. And um, um, I'll take it you're familiar with Black Honey. Yeah, great band. I think. I think they're incredible. I think that Izzy is an amazing front woman. Um, she is um, like a captain of industry. We, she follows fashion like really like on a sharp level. And we got together with um, uh, a few uh, design students from Central St. Martins and I had an idea about putting them together with Izzy and seeing what could sort of develop and just taking Fuck, it. I love out. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's know? a sick idea. Yeah, so it was like, and the whole point was not to produce a regular band show or a regular band item. Mm. It was actually just to take it a little bit further. And we, you know, we didn't, I didn't do it thinking, oh, we're going to make loads of money out of it. I did it because I wanted to stretch the boundaries a little bit further. I just wanted to test the boundaries a little bit further. I wanted to just stretch us out a little bit. I wanted to see what we could come up with. And we've got a whole new range of stuff that is coming through. It's looking amazing, you know. Mm. Um, I don't want to divulge what it is. We've done a few experiments with some sweatshirts and stuff, and they've gone really well. And it's just a matter about, do it, you know, just just changing it slightly because it's, like I said, it goes back to that fact where it's like if you look at most artists, stores, it's got a t-shirt, hat, cap, beanie, uh, tote bag, long sleeve. Yeah, you know, it's just yeah. like it's like there's so much more that could be sort of taken up, which is why we're at 22 stroke 23 out of 100. It's still right? going more. So we want to get it onto there. Now things will change there where you've got, and and then it's also then. So there's that part, and then there's also how do you get this out to someone? How do you tell someone this is going on? Because for the Uber fan, you've got for me, you've got three stages of fans. Maybe there's more, but for, I just see it in my head: three stages of fans. You've got your Uber fan, who's just going to pick up everything anyway that, that, that's going on. Yeah. I don't mean you should dismiss yeah. them; they're they're the most fucking they're valuable, right? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but what I mean is, is that you're not going to have to sell it to them. You're not going to have to promote it to them. They yeah. are getting it because they're in touch with this the whole sort of time, yeah. right? Or you easily uh, you can get they're at the, it. They're at the bottom of the funnel, as it were. They Absolutely. Are like, they're the yeah. super fan right there. Absolutely. Yeah. Then you've got that secondary market. Uh, oh, secondary market. It sounded like a ticket town. <laughs> so, 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 sorry. Middle so, of the funnel. Yeah, yeah. So you've got th- uh, th- those areas of fans that love the band, but don't go out their way to find out a load of stuff. They need to get it fed to them because they've got other things in life or they're just not that way mm. and not that, that, that you know, th- th- there's other shit going on in their lives. Yeah. So They're a warm audience. Yeah. They're aware of you, but they're not quite committed enough to buying everything you do. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that, that's that second level and that's the one where we go with retargeting ads and da-da-da and mm. whatever. And then for me, what's still sitting there, just really, really, really just Glaring. tearing me up yeah. is the fans that, kind of know about you, do like the sound of you, do you know what I mean? But yeah. haven't gone to a gig yet, or yeah. well, how did you get those in? That, that's it, that, well, that, that's, the, that's the million pound merch, question. You know I mean? From our perspective, buy a piece of merch. And I know we're, we're jostling with all the other people, the publisher, the label, 
You know what yeah. I mean? The band. Yeah. yeah. You know, even then, then of like, how do we get our piece of our jigsaw mm. slotted in correctly to then get someone in there? And for me, every time when we've done campaigns that have worked well, it's been about the design. It's been about what we come up with. Mm. We have this amazing sort of like you know sort of a campaign that just goes you know just goes through the roof. And it's like when you analyse it, of course you've got the band in an ascendancy level. You've got to have the band coming out with something. Do you know what I mean? There's all those sort of things. But the the real meat and potatoes of that, the real core part for me, is it's a great designed item. That's 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 truth. That is literally truth. Like people can tell when something's well designed. Yeah, hundred percent. We used to do. Um, we commissioned a, um, a tattoo artist to do two of our designs back um, back in the early earlier days for like the first two EPs, but mm-hmm. for the second EP, and um, we were selling stuff um, at shows quite regularly. But then when he did this first piece for uh, one of the first singles, it was uh, it was a really well designed, intricate mandala thing um, based around the inspiration of the song. And fuck, off the back of that, off the back of that one piece of merch, that one design yeah. that we use on t-shirts and hoodies, it, we, 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 made, we made lots. We made enough for us to be like, well, we can keep making some orders. Absolutely. And it was covering fuel and it was, it was doing everything we needed it to do. Because I believe like, people were also resonating with the band at that time a little bit more. But it was the design. It was yep. so good. Yep. It was so good. And people do want to like, people that support your band, they obviously want to support you and they will buy your merch out of, out of um, kind of loyalty. But if it's a good design, they're going to be even more inclined to wear that. Completely, yeah. Completely, yeah. Having good design is really the... Yeah, and it's a real hard area to get get in place. Yeah, because designing fashion, something that people want to put on their bodies, is not not easy in the slightest, is it? No. To give you a, a, for example, or or for instance, and and you have hit the nail on the head with this, because that's exactly where it's at, but just here, just coincidentally, this has not been set up, guys. Um, (laughs) This has always been here. Yeah, yeah, always. Um... Yeah, I like what you've done with the rearrangement. Yeah, yeah no, I'm only kidding. So, is a this is a, this is a picture of Dave Vanian from the Damned. Oh. Um, this can, is everyone, not... can everyone see? I think it's just out of screen. Oh, we'll just sorry. pop that up. Let's pop it in here. Cool. Okay, cool. So yeah, right. So there's an uh, image of uh, Dave Vanian from the Damned, and what we actually did with this. This took me 18 months to put in into place. Right, other people would have just probably hung themselves before they got to that spot. <laughs> 18 months. But I was determined to get it. Well, the reason for the delay was actually just getting. Uh, Dave in front of us to have the conversation and then from there tying him up with the right designer and then actually getting that executed between those two and that's what that's all ended you up at the time right, and then re- releasing it at the, at, the, at the right time so basically what happened here is that we had this idea about this um, um, it, uh, it actually came from um, I'll, I'll go back to him in a minute but sorry the, uh, the, uh, the, the idea about the idea about this was is to, he, he's got a certain mystique about him, Dave. He's got a certain um, uh, uh, area within the house of where there are his, his, own little, his, own, his own little space. All right. And all these elements, this isn't the house itself, though, but all these elements are within his house. His actual real house where he lives. Yeah, his actual real house <laughs> where he lives. Cool. So we wanted to identify that, and we got a chap in by the name of Luke Drozd, um, who was the uh, designer? He's also done the Adam uh, Buxton uh, one, uh, amongst many, many others. If you look up Luke Droz, L U K E D R O Z D, I hope I got that right, um, you'll see what he's done in the past. He was a, he's a mad fan of the Damned. 
it was just like a good little bit of synergy to, to put it in place. Perfect. And then we did that, and that really echoed, you know, and really resonated with the uh, with, with, with the fan base, um, where we sold, you know, a major amount into the fan base. It's all they're all signed, numbered, mm. limited edition. So for me, that's something there that's really quite personal sure. to the fan. Yeah. And and they've got something genuine, which is like. Yeah, which is part of without, and we've got a fan of the band designing it. There's, there's all these elements so that's it. in there. You're a fan. Fans are going to love it, and the designer himself yeah. loves it. So yeah, happy days all round. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm just going to. Yeah. So uh, we'll we'll have to stop it there. Um, uh, otherwise, my phone's going to blow up. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and that was that awesome. was really good. Really enjoyed it. Thank yeah. you very so much for being on the show. Down. Yeah, we'll do. We're going to yeah. stay tuned for part two in the new offices. That's we will do. Doing. Yeah, that'd be brilliant. You've been listening to Coffee or Beer on Hold Tight TV, brought to you on behalf of Hold Tight. If you are in a band or you know people in bands and they need PR, they need radio, they need digital marketing, then Hold Tight is your number one stop shop for that. So please subscribe to the channel, follow us on all the socials, and please get in touch if you need any of those services. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Coffee or Beer.